On one particular day, or should I say, on one particular night, the boy was out and about going door-to-door through the neighborhood. He was taking part in one of those activities that occurs annually. One of those activities that all kids get expectantly jazzed up about because of the fruit that it bears. And by fruit, I of course mean candy. The air always has a rare feel of mysterious anticipation to it on the night of Halloween. You just never quite know what you might be in for. And for our boy, this year was no different, except for one distinct alteration which actually made the world a difference. For this was the first year that his parents, perhaps against their better judgment, decided to approve a venture out with his friends without them being present. Some of the friends that were with him were old ones, like the way you too, friend. And some were newer ones, like the friend who came and went, and a few others who I don't really recall in between. But one of those friends, I won't get into details to which one, had the novel idea of getting into what some might call mischievous activity. And by mischievous activity, to get a little more precise, I mean activity that involved toilet paper. Now typically, toilet paper is a product that is used to help clean up a mess. In this particular instance, it was a product that was used, or to more accurately put it, misused, to trash something. And by something, I of course mean a neighbor's house. And not just a house, but houses. So after the boys had been at it for a bit, and had now left a few houses in their wake, they all became unexpectedly frightened when all of a sudden, their ears were inundated with the sound of sirens. And not only sirens, which they could hear, but also the flickering of red and blue lights which could be seen peppering the night sky. All of which seemed to be getting closer and closer and headed right in the direction of the house that they were so kindly decorating. Fear took over. Instinct took over. And they all started to run. Each spreading out wide and frantically headed in different directions. And so it happened. The boar grew to the age of running from a mess that he had made. As the boar ran under the night sky, dashing and dotting through the yards of neighbors, and hopping a fence or two along the way, he thought about his decision making that night. He thought that maybe he had made some poor ones. And with his breathing labored and his heart pounding in his chest, it became more than just a mere thought, but a most definite certainty that this night was one he wished he had back. But so it is with decisions. Not much you can do in that moment when one has been made and acted upon. And as you can imagine, the boy didn't feel too great about himself when he returned home that night. He attempted to sneak in very quietly and unawares, but his parents were right where he didn't want them to be, and quite surprised to find the boy returning so early. They wondered if everything was okay, and despite the boy's frazzled state, he tried to assure them, as best he could, that everything was, and then he told his mom and dad that he was headed up to bed for the night, which only elevated their suspicion. And as they sat down and molded over further, their concern went to an ultimate height when a knock came at the door. They both got up, went to the door, and were quite startled upon opening to reveal a policeman. And as the policeman explained the reasons for his arrival at their house, he also happened to hand over some convicting physical evidence to the boy's parents. An accessory item from a Halloween costume. 
and not just any accessory item, but one that was a dead ringer, color and all, of what the boy had with his costume that year. There would be many more nights where the boy found himself stuck in a painful reality of his own doing. Not entirely sure why, but this one night in October would be one that the boy reflected on more often than most. With all of them, there was always that haunting sense of guilt, of recognizing a wrong committed with no way to explain it away. But if I had to venture a guess as to why this one landed such a mark, it's because this was the first of its kind. The first time that the boy would be hit with that stinging gaze from Mama that could break even the most obstinate bone in your body. Not of anger or rebuke, but of sadness and hurt, almost, of horror and betrayal. Or probably, better than any other descriptor could do, the look of how could you. It was a look that broke the heart, a look that brought contrition, a look that although of course it could never eradicate the disease completely, would do much good toward preventing many more potential destructive decisions by the boy in his future. And as the boy sat in his bed that night, unable to sleep, in a deep sea of regret, rain started to pelt off his window, and a storm started to have its way outside. His dad came on in and sat on the boy's bed. The boy stayed lying as he was, afraid to make eye contact as his dad started in. Boy, nothing much you can do about it now. You got one path forward. Just gotta own it, step into the light, and face what's next. As the boy looked up and made eyes with his dad, his dad touched him on the head and then got up and headed for the door. And when he got to the door, he stopped and turned back to his boy. And son, when you're running, or about to start running, it might not be a bad idea to pause long enough to where you ask yourself, am I running towards something or just away from something? Get some rest. We'll talk in the morning.